Do ghosts exist? We discuss this and more with special guest Alex Foley on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, supernatural skeptic, and with me as always is my dutifully dubious co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and I'm gonna say it, I'm, I'm the resident skeptic in the room. I'm the prove it to me, show me, let me feel, let me see, because there's gotta be an Let me see the hands in his, the, um, the wounds in his hands and his side. I am the guy in the horror movie who will be like, now. No, it's not a monster, it's a ghost, and which means I'd probably die in a horror movie, <laughs> but. <laughs> but. But you'd be ahead of the game in a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> exactly, yes. So anyway, um, well, in that vein, with us today is a very special guest. He is a co-founder, board member, and resident creative at Storytellers, a theater arts at Theater Arts Academy, where he, for the past seven years, has directed, designed, performed, taught, and worked in educational theater, providing quality performance opportunities to students in Anne Ardell and Prince George's County. You're doing great. Uh, that was really great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I'm 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 really getting my in my old age, getting to read my hand my writing very well. Um, he works as a recruiter and events coordinator for OPS Consulting, a government contractor which supports the intelligence and defense communities. So he can make you disappear. Yeah, don't mess with him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with anything, anything he says <laughs> today. Uh, he is, all right. In his non-existent free time, he enjoys creating small things, antiquing, wandering incredibly creepy woods. Oh. Yes. Playing ping pong and traveling. He is an avid hat wearer, an Alice in Wonderland enthusiast. Mad as a hatter. Music lover, a tiny Perter Castle collector. <laughs> and his, 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 most this, yeah, his most distinguished accomplishment to date is having been asked on Christmas Eve by a five-year-old if he's a Christmas wizard, to he, which he immediately and perhaps a bit enthusiast, too enthusiastically responded, yes. That's, that's got to be one of the most eclectic bios we've ever had on the show. <laughs> he is the astonishing, the admirable, the audacious Alex Foley. Alex, thank you. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Joe. I think another another mystery we have to solve today is can Joe read his own head? <laughs> no, I think the answer we, is no. Yeah, I think the answer is no. One. Great, we solved that one. And I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> now we can move on to the subject of today, which is do ghosts exist? Ah. So I do have to tell a story. For first of all. Uh, Alex Foley was one of my first friends that I met in college because he was in the dorm room at my college and he wandered the halls like a cross between Ghost of Christmas Past and Willy Wonka. So and he is ghost, ghost enthusiast. I can't speak either. This is terrible. <laughs> yes. It's spreading. Um, after seven, we just shut off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he also, again, the reason we're having him on for this episode is because after we did our last episode on this topic, you know, our haunted houses real last year, last year, when you can, you can see it on, on our overthinkers page, he, um, he called me out and he said, Hey, you just had two people who were skeptics about ghosts agreeing with each other for, that's uh, really kind of what a podcast is about. 
I will, I'm not to, you know, disagree, but podcasts are just about having people you agree with all pat each other on the back. <laughs> and we're really good at doing that. And so it was like, you should have somebody on who disagrees with you. And like we always do on this podcast, we say, great, how would you like to do it? <laughs> so the best way to get on the podcast is to write us and disagree with us. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> And I do it again. <laughs> uh, so we're really glad to have you on today. Good friend, good guy, and uh, you love a good uh, a good debate, just as Nathan does. And so I know this will be a, a fun fun time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, so before we get started, though, um, Nathan, if people enjoy this episode and want to engage more with our content and meet fellow uh, other fellow overthinkers, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also join the online overthinkers community on Facebook private group, the overthinkers, where they can meet other overthinkers like themselves talking about all the cool stuff we talk about here. And it's mostly memes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is now with 11,000 members, mostly memes, (laughs) but we do discuss these memes. Yes. Um, You can also if you enjoy the show, please re- leave a review. We are so close. We actually, by this point, I'm going to just prophesy that we have crossed a hundred. Uh, <laughs> I declare and claim. I declare and claim this, that we have passed a hundred by this point. Um, so get us to 200. So leave a review. And if you enjoy it, share with a friend. Awesome. All right. So you ready, Alex? Fire away. <laughs> <laughs> so according to Oxford Languages Dictionary, a ghost is an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or become manifest to living, typically as a nebulous image. People have believed in ghosts for as long as we have recorded history, and ghosts have shown up in countless numbers of our stories. Even in the Bible, 1 Samuel 28 records King Saul calling the prophet Samuel from the dead. Hamlet's story is prompted by the ghost of his dead father. But today, belief in ghosts is on the rise. Ghosts convince, uh, um, excuse me, According to the New York Times piece, many Americans believe in ghosts. 46% of Americans believe in ghosts, up from 32% in 2005 and 25% in 1990. People who don't believe in ghosts, like those in the life science piece, Are Ghosts Real?, argue that science has yet been able to verify their existence despite years of claims to the supernatural and hundreds of documentary TV shows like Ghost Hunters trying, partly because there's no agreed upon definition of ghosts and what its properties are, or proving would even look like. Adherents typically base their claims on their personal testimony or experiencing something for which they can find no natural explanation. So Alex, I guess a couple of questions. First, how would you define a ghost? Why do you believe in ghosts? And have you had personal ghost experiences and why do you attribute those to ghosts? How would I define a ghost? Uh, you know, I haven't really given that question a ton of thought Uh, I think the definition of ghost is usually kind of taken over by media portrayal of them Mm. (laughs) and and may not accurately reflect some of the personal experiences that I'm going to share with you. I don't really know. Like, I, I guess I will say this. I think a ghost is a fairly neutral entity. Mm-hmm. Um, at least the ones that I've encountered. And I've only encountered what I would say are two ghosts. Um, but I have probably, I have encountered one thing that I think is divine. And I've encountered one, two, three, four, five, six. I wrote a list. Six 
things I think that are infernal in their origin. Ah. And so I wrote that list down and, and their points of origin because there's a very different sense that I get when I experience something in terms of threat level <laughs> and, and whether or not I, I feel safe. And so, you know, ghosts as such, when I've encountered them, tend to be just as disturbed by the encounter as myself and confused <laughs> by it. They're more scared of you than you are of them. <laughs> so, so tell us those ghost stories, those two. Yes, of yeah, course. Now we're done here. The very first thing I ever experienced that was, I will say, supernatural or paranormal, whatever word we wish to use, was in the summer of 2007. And we had just moved into a house uh, in Martin's Grant Court on St. Stephen's Church Road in Crownsville, Maryland. And uh, it was in the woods. And we bought this house from a family and all, we met the family and I didn't really know all the things that had gone on with them, but there was something very off about them. Um, and, and more about what was off with them kind of revealed itself in time. Mm. But when I met them, uh, initially, uh, we were shown the house. They had two sons and one son was born deaf and he didn't have anything that allowed him to hear. So he was just deaf. And then um, the other son was didn't have any other pre-existing conditions. But uh, the, the second son said, Why don't, follow me. And he took me into these woods. <laughs> this is getting good. <laughs> and, and we and went down. This, this isn't in the ghost story yet, but it's just, it's, we, it was a weird experience. And, and this was before we even moved into the house. The house was a wreck. I mean, these people really let it go to go to waste. I mean, I had good bones, but we had to gut the whole thing and, and really renovate the entirety of it. So anyway, I follow this one son into the woods and we go into like a ravine or like a, I don't know what you call it, a gorge or a dip. <laughs> and on this rock underneath this big old tree, there's the other brother and he's sitting on the rock and there are more fireflies around him than I'd ever seen anywhere else in my entire life. There are like hundreds of these fireflies wow. around him. It was crazy. So anyway, I was like, hmm, we're off to a good start. <laughs> <laughs> there are and mind you, I, I, I dream very vividly. So I've, I've had some very vivid dreams that I account some sort of meaning to, but I hadn't experienced anything in my waking life, if you will, up to this point. So we didn't move into the house immediately. We bought the house and we were renovating it and we stayed with some friends. And then at some point it was ready and my room was in the basement, but the basement wasn't quite done. So we moved in and I was in the basement and the wall to my room had yet to be, like the frame was up, but the, like, the drywall wasn't up yet. And so I'm sleeping down there and I wake up at about, I think it's like 2 a.m. ish. And because there's a light and the light is bothering me and I wake up and I go, oh, what is that? It's like a greenish light. And it's coming from the other end of the basement, which I can see because my wall's not complete. 
So I wake up to go, I think my thought is naturally, it's like a project lamp or someone was working down here and that was on. It's weird, I didn't see it before I went to bed, but whatever. So I get up to go turn it off and I'm about, I get about halfway there and I hear this eek, eek, like this kind of squeaking and my first thought is, oh God, a mouse. And I'm like looking around. <laughs> and then from this light that, um, now a bit closer, this image of a girl in a wheelchair kind of emerges. And she comes Wait, forward. Like, like a, would you say like a, um, oh, what was the Tupac thing a while ago? Uh, how would, how would, would like a shadow or more of an actual 3D kind of thing? Oh no, it was definitely like, there was something ethereal about it. Like, okay. um, I, it wasn't super solid. Like I knew it wasn't like a person. <laughs> okay. Um, it but it was very distinct in its shape. Like it had mm. enough definition and form to it. Okay. I, I knew, you know, that's, that's sort of what it was. Um, it comes forward and it doesn't look up at, at me. It's, her head's just kind of down and she just kind of rolls on out. And she, without really looking at me, she sort of raises her arm and she points at me. And me being me, I mean, she's right up to me now. And me being me, I'm like- Within touching what? distance. Yes. And then of course, you know, in my brain, I think, oh, you know what would be a good idea? We'll have our ET moment and I'll touch her face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a crazy person, I guess. And- I can attest, I, yes. I just touch the finger and um, absolute like fall to the floor, whack my head, not really, I was okay. But like I hit the tile and everything and it was, it was crazy. Like I was absolutely immobilized for about like 15 minutes. And then like 15 minutes goes by and she's gone at this point. But then I was, I finally kind of get my bearings and I, I'm like, that was really bizarre. And I go back to bed. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I do when I meet a ghost. I, I see, this, is, this is really interesting because how old were you? I was 15. I was 15. So you weren't like a, a three-year-old where you get memories mixed up. You were a, a fully, well, not fully, but a formed teenage boy you this was not terribly long ago in early childhood now i do have follow-up questions being the resident skeptic here so i'll give my thoughts on ghosts real quick and then i'm going to ask some follow-up questions about this story because it's very interesting and um so my my feelings on ghosts i'm coming from a different perspective if you listen to the last episode you're going to know that i I generally don't believe in ghosts. And most of the time when it, we're talking about these kind of entities, a, a, um, a, a vision or a, even a 3D thing that that's really a disembodied person and the spirit will those kind of things. I enjoy them in movies, but that's kind of where I leave them. They, they live in the fantasy world in my mind. And, but, but the thing is, I've known a lot of people, like people who are intelligent, people who are smart, people who I respect, not just crazy people on the streets, who have claimed and talked about experiences like these. My, my, the difficulty I face when encountering stories like this is I start looking for all the explanations it could be before that. Were you dreaming? And it was kind of this half-wake, half 
uh, sleep state? Were, was it a, you know, a mixed up memory where you remember a dream, but it was in that house, those kind of things. So I always start there and kind of look there. But the thing about my disbelief in ghosts and a lot of these kinds of things is interesting because a lot, I know a lot of people who are skeptics because it's almost a personality uh, trait of theirs. They're going to disbelieve. The interesting, I love scary movies. I love ghost stories. I read ghost story books. Um, I, I enjoy the lore. So I'm not someone who is a skeptic out of uh, just natural contempt. In fact, the idea of, of kind of exploring this and um, letting it be more than just natural causes appeals to me. And so that's where I typically come in. But I, but my logical, you know, analytical, just uh, uh, hard line drawing side of my mind goes, but before you jump into the pool of belief in these kind of things, are there rational explanations? And thus far, in many situations, when you hear, when you read articles, or even I used to watch celebrity ghost stories and uh, the ghost hunters, and, you know, many of them, there were a few that were kind of like, that's really interesting. A lot of them seem to be people looking for things to be outside of the ordinary, maybe because it makes for a better story or it's more interesting, whatever it might be. We all have different psychological reasons of these celebrities. Um, but, you know, a lot of the people the, who worked on the, the Ghost Hunters story say, yeah, we, we made up a lot of that stuff. Um, that being said, this is curious to me because, one, this seems to be an age-old occurrence meaning you can find stories about this. You can find many, many accounts. You don't just find one crazy guy talking about it. You find many people throughout many cultures throughout a lot of time talking about this. Taylor's oldest time. And so while I do lean into my, well, let's see if there's rational explanations, all of that, it does seem interesting that it has become so prevalent in our culture, so prevalent in our movies and media. So that tells me maybe there is something to this that I'm missing. And so, um, follow-up questions after your comments. Yeah. Um, oh, what, what, who were you talking to? Oh, do you have comments? So, well, I, I, I guess, so I guess moving into that, my, my question sort of is that piggybacking is, um, why does this have to be a ghost? Because, you know, the first, you know, the, again, the first explanation is always, even you telling your story, your first explanation was, this is something natural happening. But, um, and it was like, oh, it's a mouse. I was like, and at a certain point, you went to ghost because, again, you saw a real person there that was ethereal. This is, but, and again, what was it? There's a professor of psychology, what was it? Uh, Christopher French is a professor of psychology at um, University of London. He talked about, about the fact that one of the most common um, times for people do claim they hear ghosts is after they've had sleep paralysis. That they're, mm. they're, you know, and that sleep paralysis causes people to have hallucinations. In fact, hallucinations is like, you know, uh, is probably much more common than we think. So it's very possible that you could have an experience like that and are just experiencing a sleep-related hallucination. And I guess my, my always thing, and we said, and again, the, for people who've watched the original podcast, they know this sort of question. It's like, why jump to ghosts? Because it could be, you know, a natural explanation. But even if you don't want to say it's a natural explanation, you know, it could be, my joke was, it could be a glitch in the matrix. You know, it could be, you know, dimensions crossing each other. It could be, you know, a, a, a vision from, from God or whatever. It's like, so what was it that made you say, okay, I take the leap and say, this is a ghost. That's a great question. You know, I, I don't think I would have immediately 
when this happened, I don't think I would have said ghost. Okay. Uh, it was, I knew I had encountered something. Sure. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily have said it was a ghost until I had other experiences. Now, the, the, the story doesn't quite end there. Oh, okay. All right. Now, I never saw it again after that. Now, I only ever saw it the one time. Mm. Several weeks after the experience had occurred, the, the mom and dad of this family came back. And they, there was a, we knew there was an elevator in the house, but it was because we saw the button, but the door was locked and we didn't have the key. So they came back to give us the key. And when they were doing that, we asked why there was an elevator in the house. And they were like, oh, well, we had two daughters, both of whom had very severe degenerative bone diseases. So they were never able to walk. And one, they both died like two two years like apart from each other um they were twins so one died in the house and one died in the hospital <laughs> which i didn't right, know yeah all right i see where this is going yeah. I didn't interesting all no, right they opened they opened the elevator and in the elevator there are two rows of wheelchairs all folded up from very small to like a young a, like 20 year old and so both of their daughters had passed and was why they were selling their house is because, well, some time had elapsed sure. since their passing, but it was very painful. They had built this house for them. It was, mm -hmm. it had amazingly wide hallways and like a gigantic front door. And it was very, it was very big and it was, um, but it was all one level and then a basement. So we thought it was odd there was, an elevator but you know now, now we know so anyway after that experience i went downstairs and i i just said i don't know what you are but the elevator's busted and if you agree to stay in there and not bother me we won't open the elevator and you'll be that'll that can be your space and i never saw her again because we didn't use the elevator but Oh, just one before you had one question. Did you know anything about um, this daughter, these daughters, or uh, the wheelchair before that? There's no. no chance you might have overheard that mm -hmm. before. Okay. No, my folks didn't even know. So the the experience preceded the knowledge about a young woman in a wheelchair. Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and interestingly enough, that um, format for a ghost story even while there's you know, a lot of different kind of crazy ghost stories you see in movies is some version of that is almost always uh, the kind of the paint by numbers, how you tell a ghost story in a movie, which is someone moves into a house, they encounter something very specific. And then later on, they find info about someone who used to live there, who died there, things like that. So that jives with the format right. of ghost story. Well, also, I will also say, you know, because okay, we'll dovetail a bit more with this later, but as a Christian, you know, I'm, I, you know, so as a, as a Christian who also has a lot of, you know, uh, irritating experiences with people who claim that they've heard from God or, you know, they, God speaks to them or things like that. Um, 
or that they can use. Typically when it has to do with something you should do. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> God told me you should do this. <laughs> yes, a lot of that. Um, I've always, I've always appreciated the rules that the Bible lays out for things like that. So, you know, I mean, you know, the uh, Deuteronomy 18 is, is very um, famous because it's like, you know, hey, if you, if, you know, if one of my prophets speaks, you have to listen to them. And they're like, great. How do we know if he's one of your prophets? Because we don't want to just go around listening to people who claim they're from you. And he says, great. Here's how you know. If they predict the future and it doesn't come true, you don't have to listen to them. Also stone them to death. Um, <laughs> which I was like, you know, if we had the punishment of stoning, there'd be a lot less false prophecies, I think, around. But, um, That's a whole, other a whole other episode. Should we stone people, people yes. for false prophecies? <laughs> I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying. Kind of sounds like you're yes. saying we should. <laughs> we should consider it. Um, but <laughs> I, I'm kidding, guys. Kidding. I am though. But uh, the but what I liked about this again is this again most of the time people talk about ghost stories to me you know they do the thing there there was something weird going on they say they kind of leave it at that and I'm kind of like well weird things can happen but I like yours because again it has the uh, the predicting the future element of it you experienced something before you had knowledge of it so that actually to me has greater credibility and also of course as you said Nathan it jives with the story that's cross-cultural that is like okay this follows the process that you typically expect so 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 far process wise yours yours um is seems pretty good well and i want to speak culturally real quick it's interesting because this is all based on your experience your anecdotal experience and you talked earlier joseph about the rise in people mm -hmm. believing in ghosts and for i don't know for quite a while we've been somewhat i don't know what the word would be but a data-driven belief system. Maybe with, at least with post-modernity, it's been all about what can we prove, what can we measure? And all of a sudden there's been kind of a turn back towards, um, you know, we have phrases like my truth, my experience, these kinds of things. And I wonder if, well, well that can go wrong, of course, in, in some places, but I wonder if that warming to trusting people's experience and their individual um, experience mm -hmm even outside of data-based uh, calculable uh, def definitions is maybe one of the reasons we're seeing a rise in belief in ghosts is because we have seen that there is at least some worth outside of just the scientific method and in, in some um, anecdotal experiences. Well, and also I think before you uh, chime in, Alex, on this, um, I think what's interesting is that as Christianity has been shrinking the belief in ghosts have been you know have been rising so you know people thought okay we've become more secular we're going to stop believe believe in ghosts and things and the supernatural less but the exact opposite has happened the, the people believing more in things like ghosts as christianity is is weakening what's interesting again is that you alex are a christian but you also have encountered ghosts and so another you, one yeah <laughs> enough already <laughs> so you have an interesting dovetail there um what what do you think um those things have to do with each other or if they're compatible or if they're compatible yeah, yeah. to be perfectly honest uh, a number of the questions that you've asked i haven't given a great deal of thought to <laughs> okay. This is a perfect place to do that. <laughs> I, I overthinkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I, I imagine so. Um, in to the first 
question, which is the anecdotal versus the data-driven. I, I think, of course, you know, when people are telling you something has happened to them, of course, you want to believe that yeah. they're telling you the truth. Um, that's nice. <laughs> um, but, you know, people make stuff up. And so having data, of course, I think is a really uh, important aspect to, co to the corroboration of any story, yeah. of course. Now, unfortunately, in many instances, you're not going to be able to have that offhand. Yeah. Um, what's very interesting about this particular story that I'm telling you is that I am not the only person who's seen this thing. Oh. oh. The plot thickens. Yeah. This is good. I don't know if you like do stories for a living, but this is perfect. We're building, adding new information. There's twists. This is great. I, well, our listeners are going to love this. And again, well, I'll say this again. Listen, this is another thing that's in a biblical standard is oftentimes whenever um, God would do a miracle, he would do it publicly. There would be a bunch like 500 people saw the resurrection of Jesus. You know, multiple people saw the plagues and well, all those and different things. Well, and we do consider multiple witnesses as evidence yes. in the court of law. So this is interesting. Okay, okay go on, go continue, on. Continue, continue, yes. So um, this was, I'm trying to remember the year. I think it was probably 2013 is, is my guess. So I was a junior or a senior in college. Um, I would have been a junior in 2013. Um, so yes, this was shortly after I had had my first encounter with something that I would classify as demonic. Um, so I was back at home. It was my that encounter did not happen at home. It happened in the Ludlow building. <laughs> oh yes, Ludlow. <laughs> it happened in the Ludlow building the in Lower East. Housing side. was built built by well, designed by a guy who designed prisons. Oh, okay. yeah. yes. And oh boy, did it reflect that, <laughs> that influence. Yes. Um, but um, so, yes, I, I went back home in 2013 over, um, it was like a fall break or something. And, uh, or it was Thanksgiving. It was one of the two. And uh, the, my family had, was helping out another family. So this family moved in with my folks and my, my family. They moved into our house uh, because the dad of that family like lost his mind and burnt down their house with him inside of it wow, and it okay. killed him. And uh, it left uh, the mother and the two daughters who were going to the same high school as my sisters and I had gone to. And so my dad was like, you know what, you can, and, and then insurance only covered her half because he destroyed his half. So they, yeah. they were like left with nothing and couldn't rebuild. And my dad was like, you know what, You're, we're going to take care of you. We're going to make sure that you get back on your feet because he's a very generous dude. Um, so they had moved in and they were living in the basement and they were not living where my room was, but on the opposite end where this Thing had come from and at the same time my mother's knees had gotten so horrifically bad like she had both knees re replaced um so she's better now but at that time they hadn't been while we were in that house and so what did they fix the elevator oh. <laughs> and as soon as they fixed the elevator this family 
that was staying with us started to have started to see something in the guest bedroom. So they never actually stayed in the guest bedroom. They instead opted to stay in the office that was kind of next to it, but closed off from it. Okay. And they slept on cots that we had and a fold-out couch instead of sleeping in the bedroom with the bed. It <laughs> um, was my preference. You know? <laughs> so it was very interesting. I didn't know that they were doing that. Um, but I went back over one of those breaks and I was talking to the mom. Well, we, were, we were all friends. And she was like, she, she was just kind of nervous about bringing it up. And I was like, it's okay. What, what, do, what do you have to say? And she was like, well, there's like a girl in a wheelchair in the no. bedroom and she freaks us out and we don't know. Like, I was no like, way. oh, well, yeah, okay. I've seen her <laughs> only <laughs> once, but I did see her. Wow. Um, so, so she and her two daughters never stayed in the guest bedroom uh, because they kept seeing her. Because that's, that's where, that's where she was. That's where her I don't know what you call it. I don't, again, I haven't thought about it in, in the mechanics of it a whole lot. Yeah. That was her point of origin generally. So, so they, they didn't like staying in there. And there was no, I mean, indication that like this story got passed around that, that you, you, you didn't tell anybody about your encounter. No, I, I had told some people like at school, I had okay. told some people at school because I do like to tell stories so oh I, I, yeah I know, you know too. so <laughs> yes. of course I, you know some people at school had certainly heard the story but no one from that community and I my dad does not entertain any discussions of ghosts because he had a very frightening experience but I don't think they were ghosts I think they were demons that may be a story for another day and he, he has <laughs> oh, okay. about the imagination the size yeah. of like a teaspoon like that man is a no-nonsense man. He is like all science, all, all right. you know, all business, no nonsense. Um, this so this, anyway, go ahead, you go first. Well, it's a whole other story, but yes, he, we'll have you I, back I on. Tell him because he don't like to talk about. We're this. just gonna do story episode with Alex. Well, we'll have you gone to talk about demons next. Yes, <laughs> yeah, really but they do serve as an interesting context the experience because after having experienced what I think is demonic it it, it helps me to contextualize the mm. other experiences because, oh, okay these weren't demons they're just ghosts <laughs> yes because the 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 vibe if you want to use that word I know that sounds kind of wishy-washy and untechnical but you know the the energy, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not getting less uh, vague and technical. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so so the, okay, so the, I'm going to say the general this flow of the experience was not malicious. So mm -hmm. this girl did not wish to hurt me. Or it was differentiated from wasn't malevolent. Wasn't trying to scare um, me or be malicious yeah. or had malintent in any way. She was just there. Yeah, interesting. Now, and when I encounter something demonic, it's very different because they are they are intent on causing harm mm. or achieving some other end. 
and there's different degrees of intentionality behind oh, some of them. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get to that. Yes. That's we'll another day. Yeah, Nathan, say what you're <laughs> another episode. Say. Well, I, I want to, this is interesting. Again, resident skeptic here, everyone. And, you know, my initial um, uh, uh, disagreement or where I come up against a wall on a lot of this stuff is, like I said, you know, we do have a process in the modern world to determine what's true and what's not. We have, you know, scientific method. We have even in law, like we said, we have all these different um, uh, bullet points of criteria that need to be met before we say this is true. We need all sorts of different kind of evidence. But it's interesting there is, this isn't just total anecdotal, my friend told me a ghost story. And one of the things that's interesting to me about this and why I, while I don't necessarily believe in ghosts, I keep my, um, I'd say I keep my mind open because I know that I'm a limited being with limited amounts of knowledge. And, oh, good, that's yeah. progress for you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a long 33 years, but I'm getting there. But. What's interesting to me is that there actually is, even if you want to take kind of the, the scientific method, there actually is some, a bit of form here to under, to maybe this being evidence that there are such things as ghosts. Now we can't necessarily quantify or test ghosts per se, but we can quantify the experiences. And so I think to just throw out tons and tons and tons of people's experiences, um, I think might be a mistake uh, and we've seen this happen before in the past when you do that, uh, you, there's something we're missing. So even, even if it's not ghosts, there's something that seems to be consistent among a lot of people's experience. And that is one thing we use as evidence, as I mentioned this earlier, is multiple, um, uh, 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 what am I looking for in a court of law? Um, witnesses, yeah. sorry, multiple oh. witnesses of something and consistency of narrative. Yeah. Meaning, so what, what's, what keeps on striking me, I think I said it earlier is, there is kind of some rules to how this ghost stories take place. Even when I think back to all the episodes of Celebrity Ghost Story I've watched, there were consistencies between all of the stories and they coincide with your story. They coincide with other friends who have stories. They aren't just random sets of things that people say, well, this happened, this happened. Well, that doesn't sound anything like something else. It, you know, there is a certain kind of story that's told. There are certain rules around it that I keep on finding present, both in movies and people's personal experiences. And with the amount, to me, that is, it's a bit of light evidence. It's evidence of something. It's evidence of something that, that many people have had a similar experience that is not explainable or reproducible. And what really took me over the edge with your story, as much as I trust you, of course, you have a very trustworthy face, but Thank was you. that some? No, he doesn't. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm waiting for Joe or Nathan. <laughs> but someone else saw and can testify to what you saw without prompt. So that to me is, it, it's, it makes it harder for me to just be like, yeah, it's probably the wind or everyone, you know, you had a, a breakdown or something, whatever. It, this <laughs> but it makes it harder to dismiss. And so that is interesting. And then that in conjunction with the continuancy of the rules we find even in media that are based on true stories, whatever you find, yeah. there are some rules that keep on and, taking you know, place. Cross-cultural, you know, things that, um, like yeah. why, why do people believe in ghosts? The Atlantic article, which we talked about last time, talks about that as well. Uh, uh, one question I want, before we wrap up, one question, I final question I want to ask you um, is how you reconcile this sort of in the, your understanding of your faith. Because 
you know, for, again, for a materialist, the ghosts pose one set of questions because they don't believe the spiritual realm exists. So it's like, so if ghosts are real, then there's a whole other realm and they don't believe in that. And so what does they do with that? But for someone who's a Christian, there's a different sort of set of problems. Whereas where, you know, there's, you know, in Christian theology, there's either, you know, there's the heavens and the earth sort of are the realms that exist. And there's no real indication that, um, you know, aside from, you know, some, there's, there's no indication aside from maybe some anecdotal stuff, like as I mentioned the first Samuel, but that's like being raised from the dead, that there's this whole other realm of people just walking about spiritually. There's the heavens and the earth, and then there's maybe hell. But the idea that there's just people in between who haven't gone to one place or the other, just walking around, isn't typically part of the Christian Wait, metaphysics. I'm going to disagree because okay. actually the Old Testament understanding of Sheol is an in-between place on the earth that souls <laughs> exist before direct. No, no, Sheol is, is the grave. So it's like it's, it's people in the ground. It's not people walking around in the spirit realm. But they're still alive and it's still on earth. Uh, kind of. Anyway, we'll see. Which meaning they haven't, they haven't, their consciousness hasn't dissipated necessarily. We're having a biblical argument here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, like after four days, you know, so it's, it's so, okay, fair. And so there, there could be an argument. There I'm could saying. be an argument. Well, say says that, I guess I'll rephrase to say that for most, for most people is that there isn't a metaphysics of people wandering around. So do you, so what do you do in terms of, um, you know, how that fits into your understanding of sort of the Christian imagination or Christian metaphysics of the world? Another excellent question. <laughs> We're good at this that. This one, though, I, I did lend a little thought because I had a feeling it might come up. Um, so, you know, we, we, the world in which we move, the world in which we know, and the world which we can observe, and this is for Nathan over there, <laughs> <laughs> is remarkably complex on every level, down from the, to the microscopic to the cosmic. How it does this is incredibly complex. That's the world that God designed. That's the world that God said was good. You know, he, he envisioned this rich complexity on every level. And it's remarkable to me that people think what comes next is somehow simple <laughs> okay. or, that there, or that there isn't a complexity to it or that it isn't governed by its own set of laws like our world is. Yeah. And I think there is a very distinct um, difference between the physical world and the spiritual one or the one that comes after. But God doesn't elaborate a ton. Sure, yeah. No, that's true, yeah. Uh, he, he gives hints and he gives promises of what's to come down the road. Um, but his delivery on those promises tend to defy common expectation and mm -hmm. general held wisdom of people who say they know things. <laughs> yeah. But that's fair. Fair enough. They're usually said in metaphor or picture, or they're not given what we would consider scientific definitions. Mm -hmm. That's not how the scripture is written. It's letters, poetry. Yeah. So and even even the, I mean, one of the most interesting cross sections of the spiritual reality and the physical reality comes in the person of Christ. 
is is the greatest subversion of expectation. Yes. Ever. <laughs> yeah. No, they they and thought not they the good. Messiah that the people wanted. <laughs> yes. Well, this is I would say this is actually a, a good argument for the existence, at least if not ghosts in the you know the uh, kind of mythological sense, at least in the sense of. To, to assume that our limited human understanding can fully explain everything in the universe. We've seen this throughout history, yeah. where we think we got it and we're so wrong about it. Even if there is a natural explanation or quote natural, um, to assume that we have it all figured out and to just dismiss all these stories from so many people throughout so much of history, I think would be foolish. I still am a resident uh, uh, skeptic, but this has opened my mind a little bit to say, okay, but Nathan, remember the world is created by a God so much bigger than you, so much more vastly intelligent and creative than you to think that you can know what is or what is not, I think would be um, probably a mistake. Yeah. In, in, so uh, somebody now has to, and so I guess it's going to be me, do the Hamlet quote. No, I now believe in ghosts. So <laughs> <you have> to... <laughs> there are more things in heaven and earth, Horatio, that are known of in your philosophy, which is, again, where, you know, Hamlet, he meets his ghost father. And it's like, this is a thing that can happen and could happen. There's, and so that's, so your, your argument, Alex, is for intellectual humility, essentially. Like even for a Christian, it's like, well, you know, you know, for, for whether it's the secular or the Christian, it's like, well, we think we have a good idea of how the many of the rules work, but this is also something beyond our, our pay grade. And so to be open to experiences when they, you know, I think for me, it was just, they go through a reasonable process. And that's why I think, you know, again, I still stand by what we kind of said in the previous episode on this, where we said, I really want people to go through a, a solid process before they believe in ghosts. And it sounds like yours has fit the criteria, at least reasonable criteria of going through a reasonable process on this. So that's why I think yours is really compelling. Um, and and uh, yeah. Well, and also I will add, you know, last episode we talked about one of the reasons we believe that people are believing ghosts more yeah. is because we have an intrinsic desire almost programmed into every one of us to desire that there's more than just what we see, touch and feel, what we can experience with yeah. our senses. And so that there's something, it's almost like something inside of our minds and souls telling us there's more. There's gotta be more to life. Now, obviously as Christians, we think we have that figured out. So does every other religion, but- We're uh, right, yes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's good evidence to say that there could very likely be more just by the mere fact that evidenced by our desire built into almost every person I've ever met. So that's interesting to me. And now I full I full sail believe in ghosts. I, that was that easy, <laughs> man. <laughs> we talked him around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, cool. Well, thank you so much for um, coming on and having this conversation with us, Alex. It also, really it's more fun to believe in ghosts. I mean, well, I know you had a very harrowing experience, but I love scary movies, and so I always find myself at the end of movies being like, "Man, I wish I believed this because it'd be so cool to walk into an old house and be like, is there a ghost here?'" Yeah. After 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 the ring, you're like, "I wish this was true." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really happy movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh. Well, I, I'll just close on this then, I, I suppose. But like, you know, it's one thing to go hunting for an experience. I feel mm. like that's such a weirdly artificial 
way to encounter something. I, I, yeah. I don't, I, I have never asked to see anything. I've never desired to see anything. Mm. Um, it just happens. And I don't know why exactly. And again, I, I'm a bit reticent to be like, this is this for sure. Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> it's just based on, and, and you mentioned harrowing, right? So if that sounds harrowing, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Next based time. Yes, yeah, stay next tuned. Time you be when I tell you about what I saw at the Ludlow building. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> the dreaded Ludlow. Yes. Well, this is fun. And now, plus everyone knows jump in the gun joseph yeah. i'm setting it up okay i'll get to you okay everyone's favorite segment blesses and curses you were ready yes <laughs> to bless and curse things related to ghost stories yes spooky episode yes spooky episode of overthinkers so we always let our guests either go first or go last on the blessed and curses segment would you like to start us off alex or would you like to uh, uh um finish us off no i guess i'll go first Cool. Um, I I do like to watch TV and movies. I don't watch them very intentionally. I like them more <laughs> as background noise as I like work on crafting things or designing things. Joseph is shaking with rage right now. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, it's okay. We've had to work past this in our friendship. Okay. There are many things like if someone's like, hey, we're going to watch this. I'll be like, great. And we'll watch the thing. And then we'll talk about it after. But Generally speaking, how I consume, so I like to find like a long show that's got a ton of seasons that's yes. interesting, but not so engrossing. I can't look away um, so that I can sit at my writing desk and do other creative things. So I have been enjoying the X-Files. <laughs> so I've, I've been working through them. And of course, that's more than ghosts, but ghosts make a great appearance. And in fact, one episode that really caught my attention, it's a Christmas episode of The X-Files. Oh. And they go into a haunted house and they have an experience with two, with a ghost couple that kind of messes with their brains. And it was honestly one of my favorite episodes, not really because it had ghosts, but because the house that they were in was just really cool. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, more, usually more than the ghost stories, like, no, I don't know. The ghosts are kind of always like eh, secondary to me, but I do love the houses. Ghost stories. <laughs> you watch the X Files because you love good architecture. <laughs> I know that house was amazing. I was like, I want that house. I was like, I know there are ghosts there, but I want that house. <laughs> I do. I do love the fact that you're sort of backhanded compliments the X-Files that it's kind of engrossing but not so engrossing that you can't do other things <laughs> while you're watching it. <laughs> but, there's some episodes I'm like, oh, that's really fascinating and cool and well done. And then there's some that I'm like, that's just weird. That's yeah. just well, I mean, you know, it is. Like, it is we, we can craft during that episode. Yeah. <laughs> it is classic 90s in all the good and all the bad. Yeah. And, yeah. And generally they're generally they're they're fun. And that's 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 cool. Nice. Do you have anything so that, you I guess curse? that's my blessing and my curse. I kind of said something good about it, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a cop More out. More critical we'll things about it. the act. Yeah. <laughs> your, your story was so good, we'll allow it. Yeah, we, we will allow it. Um, okay, cool. Nathan, you have your blessings and curses. I do. Okay, I think I've blessed this movie before um, on the show, maybe, maybe last time, but 
I, as everyone who listens know, I like scary movies, mm-hmm. um, a particular kind of scary movie. I like things that make me question things, question reality, question what I would do in this situation. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of this, you know, people running around killing people. Sure. I, I really like the maybe be more psychological thriller kind of scary sure, movies, yeah. uh, but movies that make me think and make me ask questions, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so one that I really like because also really had a high artistry was The Ring. Mm. The Ring is a good old fashioned scary movie. I mean, it basically the premise is if you watch a videotape, you have 24 hours or something like that to live um, unless you get someone else to watch it. And then they have. And so it's kind of this someone watches the video about kind of a ghost and they have 24 hours to live. And they're in the moral quandary of do I get someone else to watch this so I can live? Or do I, uh, but I'm going to die if I don't. So it's really interesting to ask some moral questions, but it's also just really artfully done. Naomi Watts is fantastic in it. And they did it in a way, it it was about ghosts and and that kind of thing with a great premise, but it was also almost like an Oscar film by the... uh, by, by how they filmed it, by the yeah. the mood, the aesthetic. I'm big on mood and aesthetic. So I just really enjoyed the film, The Ring. It, it is, it is, I don't know, it's it's high art B-movie horror. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so like again, if, if you like the B-movie horror type thrills, but you want it somebody to who looks really nice. Yeah, like has somebody has some appreciation of the craft also, like the ring is is one of the best ones you can go for. Agreed. Yep. Uh yeah, yeah, it came out a really good, fun time when a lot of scary movies are coming out. I'm also going to bless a video game because I am that guy. Uh, Resident we need Gamer. somebody to be playing blessing video games. I, well, well, there's plenty of good scary video games, and I try to always find um, some to play uh, during this this time, this spooky, spooky season. Spooky. Um, but there's a uh, uh, a video, two video games. One is called Alan Wake. It's an older video game. It is everything you want in a Stephen King novel that comes to life in a video game that you nice. play. It's a, a man's wife gets taken by essentially ghosts and Alan Wake has to go through this little town that's rainy and uh, get back his wife. And it's, again, it has mood and aesthetic and you just love uncovering this kind of mystery that's unfolding and it's mm-hmm. scary and the shadows, um, but it also has great things to say about light and dark and good and evil and all those kind of things that, uh, we say to justify the thing we just like. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the struggle. Yeah. Man, man's inhumanity to man. And what I didn't say is also just really fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's very fun. I'm actually going to do a surprise. Oh, oh, and there's another game that came out recently that if you're looking for something fun to play with your partner, my wife and I really enjoy playing this game. It's called Little Hope. And basically... It's in a it's in a series of games where oh, they yes. actually have big actors you'll recognize do this. So you don't run around and shoot things. It's not like a Call of Duty or something. It's there's about I don't know seven to ten characters or something, and you divvy up the characters, and it plays like a movie where you play your character scenes. And so, and your choices can get them killed, can get other people yeah. killed, can ruin the story. So you're trying to make it out with everyone alive, but it's a story called Little Hope, and it. And it's somewhere in this little town where there is witch trials yeah. and they get lost in the fog in this little town and keep on having, you know, uh, interactions with. Uh, the, mo- the most famous in the series was Until Dawn. Yes. Um, and whereas like you have to keep everybody alive until dawn. And yeah. so they continue doing it and we yeah. play them as often. Really high, really fun writing, great characters because yeah. they actually hire Hollywood actors that you'll recognize. So we had a blast playing that. And for 
for people who aren't as good with the controls when they're shooting things and swinging at things, yeah. um, my wife could easily walk the characters around and then throw the controller at me when it became, you know, like a really serious uh, decision because she couldn't live with the guilt of killing one of the characters. <laughs> so super, super fun, um, little hope. And then I'm gonna do surprise bless. I'm gonna bless Paranormal Activity. I know it's oh. basic, I know it's new. And a lot of people will be like, eh, they're all right. I'll tell you why. Because as we've been talking today about ghosts, every other ghost iteration movie has made it cinematic, almost fantasaical. Hmm. Paranormal Activity said, we're gonna do something probably because they had a low budget to begin with, but we are <laughs> going to take small cameras that are not high quality. We're gonna put on a normal family in a normal home and we're going to make a ghost story there. And all of a sudden it felt more real and it yeah. felt more. And so that was an interesting and really creative, brave even way to take the ghost genre. We're not doing a big score. We're not doing sweeping shots of a, you know, a mansion in the countryside. We're going to do a little family in a suburb home with low quality cameras. And obviously it's built off of things um, inspired by like Blair Witch Project, things like that. But I actually like Paranormal Activity and I will watch I will watch them forever as long as they keep putting them out. Um, but I think it was a really uh, kind of genius idea and it made it feel even that more scary because it wasn't a normal, quote, normal setting. That's a good point, yeah. Um, I'm going to curse Crimson Peak just because I, I I don't have anything interesting to say. Um, I just don't like it. It's dumb. Why don't you like it? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I didn't overthink this. I left the theater and tried to just not think about it as long as, and I didn't really think about it until I had to come up with a curse. Uh, <laughs> so that should tell you everything you need to know. It caused an overthinker to just not think about anything. It's funny. I, I watched I watched it last night because I was trying to find something to curse actually with, with, for this episode. And I, I remember saying it, it was fine. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't love it but it was fine. Just no long lasting effect. That's, yeah, yeah. And the one thing about a ghost story, even if you don't believe in ghosts, it should stick with you. You should think about it. That's fair. Should, yes, and it didn't. So yeah. didn't that, enjoy it. That's that's fair. Um, okay, cool. So I will try to go uh, quickly through my blesses and 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 curses, but um, I've, so I'm going to once again, kind of reiterate bless the um, actually interstellar because we did this last time with our How haunted about? houses because again, <laughs> it has the whole thing of, you know, the, the thing about ghosts is it's the process, not the result. Because, so there's you know, an explanation. Right. So it's like the, the, um, you know, the daughter thinks that she, there's a ghost. She's insistent. There's a ghost. And at first mm. her father is dismissive of it. But then the grandfather is like, don't be dismissive. So he's like, okay, look, go through the process, go through a process of documentation of it and decide what you find then. And of course she does, they find out they're both wrong. It wasn't a ghost, but it was so actually something. And he didn't realize it was something. Yeah, so no, no spoilers. I'm not but, yeah. yeah. So like that's, so like, I think that kind of, I love this is one of the few that actually glorifies the process, not the result of these sort of investigations. Well, and it also kind of says, even if you don't understand something, there still is an explanation and a reality. To it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to then uh, bless, well, I think it's one of the uh, best, um, ghost stories in in cinema which is uh the sixth sense um of course that's classic it's it's back when m night Shyamalan, you know was hitting home runs all the time but it's again the reason it's such a classic and it's on the american film institute's 100 greatest films of all time is because it talks about ghosts in the way that um reason why we resonate with ghosts because you know there's unfinished business that happens mm. when people die because there's a sense of injustice when people die, 
that needs to be corrected and that there is a place in this world for people to correct those injustices even after death. And that's a good thing. Um, I think that, uh, and that even the people who do try to correct injustices of people after death need injustices corrected to themselves. And that kind of self-awareness about why ghost stories resonate with people, I think is what makes it such a great movie. Um, as a quick other side, if you haven't watched the latest version of a Macbeth starring uh, Denzel Washington, that's I think my, one of my favorite uh, Shakespeare adaptations of all time, because I think it, it actually, you feel like the dialogue could be spoken by real people because of the way the actors actually speak it. Um, and they do a really good job of, uh, of, of doing that. Um, cursing. Um, I think I'm, uh, you know, I'm just gonna do this. Uh, I'm going to curse the ghost story, even though I know Nathan, you really like it. It's good. It's, it's not artsy. It's, it has, it's, it's sound and fury signifying nothing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, may, well, you just have to be like super smart to get Yeah. It. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I have to be an overthinker. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, just, you know, it's, it's, it acts like it's going to say something and then it says something for maybe like two minutes and then it goes back to not saying anything. And so I think it's, it's kind of like the green Knight where it pretends to be smarter than it is. Mm. But, and <laughs> enough, it was made by the same guy. So <laughs> how um, ironic. <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, but that's my take. Uh, we welcome yours. Um, Cause Nathan, if you, if you liked it, Nathan also agrees with you. So, you know. um, <laughs> Uh, and I respect smarty pants I, stick together exactly and I you know and I respect Nathan most of the time uh, <laughs> just like he respects me some of the time um so <laughs> I, we're, we're entertaining Alex here you know? <laughs> um but yes all right cool well thank you so much Alex for joining us for this really exciting spoopy episode of the overthinkers um if people if I don't know if you like have an online presence and you want people to get in touch with you, but if, if they do want to get in touch with you or uh, if you have work that you want to promote or something, uh, where should people uh, reach out to you? Um, oh, sure. Uh, yes, I do have an online presence, I guess, <laughs> in that I am online. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Facebook is. Yes. <laughs> yes, I have a Facebook. And if you'd like to reach out to me on Facebook, you can do that. It's just if, Alexander if people, Foley. If people are no, it's just Alex Maryland. Foley. I'm friends with Joe. <laughs> <laughs> look Joseph up and then you can look through his friends list and find out. And, and he's on the Overthinkers Facebook group. Too. And I am on the Overthinkers Facebook group. Yes. Also, if people are in Maryland and want to check out your uh, theater company, uh, is there? Uh... Yes. Um, so that's storytellerstheaterarts.com <clears throat> is the website. And uh, you can check us out there. We also, Storytellers also has facebook and instagram and we'll post things occasionally nice about what we're doing and the show that we're working on so awesome yeah well cool and if okay. anyone has any questions feel free to ask <laughs> awesome he's not guaranteeing he'll answer them but you can ask them and I, I, i'm not guaranteeing satisfying answers <laughs> but an answer it depends on whether you catch me in a contrary mood <laughs> i hope they do yeah same <laughs> All right. nathan uh you can get in touch with me um nathanclarkson.me or search my name nathan clarkson on any of the socials and i'm also going to promote my new movie that's on youtube oh, yes. for free called don't know jack 
uh, it, this actually might be a perfect time to watch it. It's about all the things that are interesting and deep and worthy about talking about to me, uh, mental illness and hope and faith and romance and love and loss and pain. So check it out. I hope you like it. It was made for about $3. Uh, <laughs> and the more views it gets, the better I will feel about myself. So <laughs> go watch Don't Know Jack on YouTube. So you're, you're, his self-esteem is in your hands. <laughs> Literally. Please. Uh, um, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on all the socials as well. And also, of course, in the Overthinkers Facebook group, group where I do post memes and interesting questions that are interesting to me. But um, mostly memes. Yes. <laughs> and if you um, uh, also, you can go to my website at uh, josephholmstudios.com. Well, thank you again so much, Alex Foley, for joining us. And thank you, all you listeners, for joining us. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.